How great is our God. I want to share with you a message the Lord's placed on my heart. There's no God like our God. There's no God like our God. I want to ask you a question. How big is your God? Have you got a big God or is your God really small? Is your God really alive or is he dead? If he's dead, I suggest you come to the God of the Bible. He's a living God. He's a great big God. And by the way, our God's not a good luck charm. He's not a rabbit's foot. He's not a vending machine somewhere in heaven that we just pull the lever when we want him. Rather, he is God Almighty. He's ruling and overruling, and he's got a blessing for you today. There's no God like our God. I just want to read one text, and I want you to follow along with me, those joining by YouTube and by Facebook. In the book of Psalm, chapter 77, listen to the word of the Lord. Who is so great a God as our God? That's in verse 13. Follow with me. There's no God like our God. A, he's the almighty. Over in the book of Revelation chapter 17, John is exiled on the Isle of Patmos. And John, during the context of the time when the false church would emerge, we're living in days like that now, by the way, do you know that John describes ten kings and a little horn, namely the Antichrist, will emerge after the rapture of the church? Here's what John says. Listen, God has put it in the hearts of kings to fulfill his will. There's no God like our God. Yes, God is in control. He's ruling and overruling and ever ruling. I love what Solomon wrote speaking of God putting it in the hearts of uh, kings. Solomon said, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. And as the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever way he will. That's right. Our president, beloved president, whom we need to pray for, President Trump, his heart is in the hand of the Lord. Yes, the Lord is controlling events all across our world. You say, but what about the kings of the east? Did you know Many people today are speculating that China was the instigator of this coronavirus. Maybe it happened through some kind of biological warfare. Maybe it happened through some kind of wet market. We're not absolutely sure, but I am sure of this, that in the book of Revelation chapter 16 and verse 12, listen, God says he's going to lead kings from the east. That includes China. That includes North Korea. From the east to cross over the Euphrates River. It will dry up. Why? These demon spirits will um, ultimately lead these kings to the battle of all battles, namely the battle of Armageddon. And there the Lord will come back in glory and power, and he'll smite the nations. Our God is a great God. There's no God like our God. If you're not shouting by the time the end of this message is, you ought to be. Why? Because our God is a great God. And speaking of kings, did you know George Washington, the first president of the United States of America, in the year of 1789, the day was April the 30th, Washington, who was inaugurated with his hand on the Bible, had Genesis chapter 49 and chapter 50. Listen to what Washington did after his inauguration. He picked up his Bible and kissed it. Don't you love the Bible? I love my Bible. 
Hey, the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it with a way he will. Did you know Andrew Johnson, who followed Abraham Lincoln after his assassination, the year was 1865. The day was April the 14th. It was Andrew Johnson who was inaugurated as President of the United States of America. He had his hand on Proverbs 21.1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever way he will. And then, did you know a man named James Garfield? The year was 1881. The day was March the 4th. And it was Garfield who also was inaugurated with his hand on that verse. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever way he will. The bottom line is you can rest. You can have peace with God, knowing God is not caught by surprise. The Lord is not lame that he cannot walk. Our God's not blind that he cannot see. He's not deaf that he cannot hear. He's a living God, and there's no God like my God. B, he's the bridegroom of the church. Jesus put it this way in the upper room with his disciples. He said, you know it very well. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. At where I am, there you may be also. Yes, Listen, beloved, buck up your seatbelt. I don't want to shock you, but I got news for you. The king's not coming for me. I like the song, the king's coming, coming for me. But technically speaking, the bridegroom's coming for the bride. I don't see where the Bible says the church is the queen. Do you? Nope. Therefore, I'm now suggesting you the bridegroom's coming back for his bride. Paul alluded to that. He said, husbands, love your wives. As Christ loved the church, gave himself for it. With the washing of water by the word, that he might present himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. And therefore, I suggest to you that the bridegroom is coming. And you know what? I'm convinced the disciples understood very clearly what our Lord meant when he said the bridegroom be coming in my father's house of many mansions. In fact, if you go back to Jewish custom, we're told that the Jewish wedding consisted of both the bride and the groom. We might say they were engaged and the bride and the groom would make a covenant. Meanwhile, the bride would go to her house, the groom would go to his house. Oh, that's what analogy Jesus going back to the father's house but wait a minute the bride had to be ready does that sound familiar you and I need to be ready there's no God like my God and then in the proper time the bridegroom would send out a procession and the procession would say behold the bridegroom cometh isn't that familiar Paul put it this way the Lord will descend from heaven with a shout the voice of the archangel, the trump of God, and then the dead in Christ shall rise first, and those of us that are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. But meanwhile, the bridegroom would take the bride. The bride, by the way, would go out to meet her groom. Yes, we're going to be caught up, snatched away. And the bridegroom would sweep her off her feet, take her back to the father's house. That's what's going to happen in the end time. I'm convinced the disciples understood that. And then the marriage would be consummated. Guess how long, according to Jewish encyclopedia, it would take seven days. Is that not interesting or not? As this renowned scholar Rennie Showers noted, the Jewish uh, encyclopedia noted uh, that uh, 
seven days for the consummation in the bridal chamber. I tell you that parallels by analogy when Christ comes and snatches his church away seven years of tribulation here on earth. Yes, there's no God like my God. So shall we ever be with the Lord. You ought to shout right now. You ought to praise the Lord right now that this is not the end. This is not our home. We're pilgrims passing through. We're sojourners in a land. We've got the best yet to come. And speaking of bride and groom, I love to do weddings. I love to spend time with uh, young men and young women. Last year, I had the privilege of spending time with five. Right now, there's this social distancing. You understand that? But you know what? I got to thinking about it. God, we're not social distancing from God. He don't want us to be six feet apart. He wants us to be as close to him as we can. Oh, are you close and clean to the Lord? But speaking of bride and groom, one of the things we deal with is expectations. We deal with conflict resolution. We deal with the biblical role of a husband and wife. We deal with finances. We deal with backgrounds. We deal with all sorts of things in the counseling. You know what, beloved? I got to thinking about it. Over the last almost 30 years here as a pastor, I have not ever seen, watch this, when that music starts. You know, here comes the bride. And everybody looks at, I've never seen an ugly bride. Never, ever, ever. Now, I've seen some close now, but not really uh, an ugly bride. I'm going to tell you, the church is the bride of Christ. There's no God like our God. Oh, bless his holy name. No God like our God. And by the way, I heard of a man that had been married for 50 long years. And somebody said, how in the world does it work that long? You know what he said? He said, well, when we first got married, we decided the big decisions I'd make, the small decisions should make. I said, well, how's it gone? He said, great. I hadn't had one big decision in all 50 years. Well, he is the bridegroom of the church. Yes, see, he is the creator of heaven and earth. Moses wrote this way, there's no God like our God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created. You know what the word created is? It's the Hebrew word bara. You know what it means? It means God took nothing and he made something out of nothing. Watch this. Time, space, matter. Boom, 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 just like that. And it was all created. We understand the worlds were framed by the Word of God. That's all right if you want to shout. Go ahead. Oh, yes. And I'm telling you this, that God sent the stars, named and numbered all of them, and the sun and the moon and all the planets and galaxies. He flung them in their proper order just like that. In fact, Paul put it this way. We, he said, by him, Jesus, were all things created, heaven and earth, thrones and dominions, principalities and powers. All all things are created by him and for him. Yes, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. I hear somebody saying, but brother pastor, don't you believe in the big bang theory? Yeah, if you want to say God said bang, I believe that. But I don't believe in the monkey mythology that eons and billions of years ago, somehow out of space, some explosion took place instantaneously, simultaneously, meticulously. The galaxies and the planets fell in their proper order. Come on, you believe that? Somebody said, I got some land that I want to sell you, if you believe that. No, rather God created the heaven and the earth. If you want to say you're kin to Willie B, the gorilla at the Atlanta Zoo, that's fine. My grandparents and parents and forebear were not kin to Willie B, all right? No, I believe the Bible. But you say, explain it, pastor. There's no God like my God. Look at me. 
I can't understand how a black cow can eat green grass and produce white milk but I still drink it, bless God. I don't have to understand it all. I believe it. I mean, after all, if God can take a woman, never known a man, have a baby, surely God can make the heaven and the earth. I mean, if God can make an axe head swim, surely God, in the days of Elisha, God can do anything but fail. Maybe there's somebody listening to me today. You're wondering, where is God right now? I'll tell you where's that. He's ruling and overruling and ever ruling. Listen to me. Our nation was not founded, this America, on our banks, but it was founded on our Bible. The America was not founded on our silver, but on our Savior. Our nation was not founded on our gold, but on our God. May God help us to be one nation under God, and God bring a great revival in this nation during times like this. Oh, there's no God like my God. Speaking of evolution, it reminded me of the poem. Remember it? It goes like this. Once I was a tadpole when I began. Then I was a frog with my tail tucked in. Next I was a monkey in a coconut tree. And now I'm a professor with a Ph.D. Come on. It takes more faith to believe in that. By the way, you know where evolution leads, don't you? It's taking you to humanism. Man wants to be his own God. That's exactly the origin and the problem. Make no mistake about it. Evolution, humanism is a religion. Oh, I wish I had time to go into that. Other than say this, there's no God like our God. D, he's the divine deliverer. I'm glad to tell you that our God, he forgives us of the penalty of sin. You ready? The power of sin. You ready? And the presence of sin. Hallelujah. The penalty of sin. Paul put it this way. There is therefore now no condemnation to them but in Christ Jesus. That's in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. But in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, he said, Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We've been forgiven. That is, we have been delivered from the penalty of sin as we put our faith and trust in the sacrificial atoning death of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. For without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sin. Hebrews 9 and 22, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sin. Ephesians 1, 7, he didn't redeem us with corruptible things such as silver and gold, but with the precious blood of a lamb, without spot and without blemish. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, yes, down to him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. That's Revelation 1, 5. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. But wait a minute. Not only did he forgive our sin, the penalty, but hallelujah, he came to give us life and give it more abundantly. He came to deliver us from the power of sin. Y'all listen now. Don't cut me off. I didn't say that God makes us perfect, but we'll never sin. But I'm telling you this, he gave us and gives us power to overcome sin. And sin does not have to be our boss and our, oh yes, our whip to be our master anymore. Romans chapter 6 and verse 11. Paul said, likewise reckon yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans chapter 13 verse 14, put you on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Yes, Galatians 5:24. they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with its affections and lust. Thank God the Lord said, whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcomes the world? But he that believes that Jesus is the Son of God. As 1 John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. And greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. As 1 John 4 and 4. And Romans 12, 2. Don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed 
by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. He, listen, has delivered us from the penalty of sin, the power of sin. One day the very presence of sin. Thank God we'll lay aside this robe of earthly clay and we'll take on a likeness of the Lord. We'll see him as he is and we'll be like him. First John chapter 3 and verse 2 says, hey, he's the divine deliverer. But wait a minute. I got a letter in the mail just last week and this letter was from a young man. The young man made some mistakes. Have you ever made any mistakes? Listen to me. Daily decisions determine destiny. Let me say it again. Daily decisions determine destiny. Let me say it this way. Little consequences lead to big consequences. Hey, our decisions daily are very important. And the Bible teaches, be sure your sin will find you out. Hey, whatsoever man sows, that's what he also reaps. That's Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7 and 8. Be not deceived. He that sows to the flesh and of the flesh reap corruption. He that sows to the shall live the spirit reap life everlasting I said that to tell you this this young man I love this young man he wrote me a letter last week and asked me he said brother Randy I've made some mistakes in my life I'm consequently having to serve in prison he said but if you would pray with me and for me and then when I get out he said and I quote he said I want to, to write you to see if you'll provide me with some spiritual guidance in coming out of prison I'll tell you, I'll do more than that. I'll do everything I can. There's no God like my God. He is E. He is uh, the everlasting life. That is, he gives us uh, eternal life. Listen to the words of our Lord. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man, watch this, Pluck them out of my hand. No, once you've been saved by the grace of God, the devil can't take you out of the hands of our Lord Jesus Christ. He's got us in his double grip. If he was able to do that, that means we'd be saved by works. No, by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It's the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. We're not saved by works, but if we are saved, there are going to be some works. Don't confuse the two. Yes, he's our everlasting life. Speaking of that, I had the privilege of going over to Asia Minor, Turkey, on a trip a few years ago studying Bible prophecy. Israel and Turkey. Well, we stopped at a place called Colossae. I'll never forget, speaking of my sheep hearing my voice. And as we stopped on this bus, it was raining that particular day. It's in my mind's eye. I got off the bus. I saw a shepherd down there, and I saw some white, fluffy sheep feeding on the background of a green, luscious pasture on a hillside. I said to myself, I wonder if they'll follow me. I mustered up the very best sheep call I could muster up. But... But I looked up there. You know what them sheep were doing? They were looking down like, who in the world is this stupid American? <laughs> I'm not going to follow him. But I want to tell you, when that shepherd began to call the sheep, here they came down the hill, one by one. I thought about John chapter 10 and verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Tell me, are you following the shepherd? Really, are you? I mean, your life lining up with the word? Hey, he gives us everlasting life, E. But F... He forgives our sin. I love that. There's no God like my God. In the book of Micah, chapter 7 and verse 19, Micah, the prophet of old, says he cast, speaking to Israel, but yet a New Testament equivalent is Hebrews 8, 12. He remembers our sin no more. Micah 7, 9 says he puts our, cast our sins, where? In the depths of the sea, of the Red Sea of the blood of Jesus. Now listen, I wondered how deep the, red, how, how deep the sea was. 
and I did a little research on it. I discovered the, one of the deepest parts of the sea is seven miles deep. And yet God says he puts our sins in the depths of the sea. Hallelujah. And remembers them no more. You say, but look what I've done. It's not what you've done. It's what he's done. Hello. You say, look who I am. It's not who you are. It's who he is. You say, but look where I've been. It's not where you've been. It's where I'm going. Hallelujah. He is a forgiver of our sin. Maybe there's some of you listening. You're having a problem forgiving yourself. I want to tell you, if you discover the power of the blood of Jesus, then you know that if God wills forgive your sin, what soap can't do, what Ajax can't do, what shampoo can't do, the blood of Jesus can do. Yes, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. 1 John chapter 1 and verse 7, the word is catharizai. It means wipe the slate clean. He doesn't rub it in. Thank God he rubs it out. Oh, I hear somebody shouting right there. Yes, there's no God like my God. He is uh, uh, G. His grace uh, is amazing. His grace uh, is available. His grace is abounding. Romans 5 and 20. Paul wrote and said, where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. It means superabound. I love that old song. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like you? No. That saved a wretch like me. I once was lost. Now I'm found. Was blind. But now I see. Yes, there's no God like my God. He is H. Our healing of the past. Healing emotionally. Healing physically. Healing spiritually. And he is our help in the present. Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and strength of every present help and trouble. But yet he is our hope for the future. If you don't have any hope, you need to look up to see the blessed hope. Titus chapter 2 and verse 13 says, Looking for that blessed hope, Paul said to his son in the Lord, Titus. Oh, bless the Lord. Yes, he's our healer. Have you experienced some of his healing? Can I get a witness for somebody to say, Yes, the Lord has healed my body. I'm telling you, I've had this old shingles here now for two weeks, and I can tell you from personal experience, God's grace has been sufficient. Oh, thank God. He said he'd be with us. He wouldn't take us from the storm, but he said he'd be with us in the storms. I'm telling you, he's our healer. Yes, I, he is the great I am. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. In John chapter 8 and verse 12, he said, I'm the light of the world. In John chapter 10, verse 9, he said, I'm the door. If any man enter then, he shall be saved. In John chapter uh, 10 and verse 14, he said, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd leaves down his life for the sheep. In John eleven twenty-five, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me shall never die. Oh, praise the Lord. Where could I go but to the Lord? Martha understood that. Yes, in John 14 and 6, he said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes to the Father but for me. I spent an hour and a half on the telephone last night talking with a young man about his uncle who had been steeped in false teaching, false religion. And today I spent a little time emailing him back concerning Jesus Christ was God, not just a, a good man. Not a great way to heaven, not the best way to heaven, rather the only way to heaven. I'm the way, the truth of life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Without Jesus being the way, there is no going. Without him being the truth, there is no knowing. Without him being the life, there is no growing. Hey, look, have you been born again? Have you? Well, John 15, 1, I'm the true vine. Yes, I. There's no God like my God. Jay, 
He's called Jehovah Jireh. I'm reminded of Genesis chapter 22 when Abraham offered his son Isaac. Isaac had become an idol in his life, maybe. Are there any idols in your life? Place them on the altar. I was talking with a pastor friend just yesterday, and we were talking about how God is shaking the idols here in America. I won't go into more detail other than saying there's some idols that we put our dependency upon. All of a sudden, God shows us, as John said, little children, keep yourself from idols. Yes, we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind. And all of us, if we're not careful, can develop things that become more important to us than God. Well, uh, Isaac was offered up and God provided a ram. Yes, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. Maybe not our wants, but praise God our needs. Can I get a witness out there somewhere? Oh, yes, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner. He's Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. He's Jehovah Rohi. The Lord is my shepherd. That is it. Rohi. Jehovah. Jehovah means self-existing, by the way. Elohim means mighty supreme God. Yahweh's another word for Jehovah. And he is, uh, watch, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He making me to lie down in green pastures. Listen to the words of the psalmist. He leadeth me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley, walk through the valley, walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? Thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Don't you love that? Look, Jehovah Rohi. Beneath us are green pastures. Beside us are still waters. With us is our Lord. Beyond us is a table. Uh, following us is... Uh, Surely goodness and mercy, and yet beyond us is the house of the Lord forever. I love what one little girl said. She was quoting Psalm 23 in Sunday school. Here's what she said. The Lord is my shepherd. He knows all my wants. <laughs> she didn't miss it by far. He knows all of our wants. That's why we can tell him today. Take it to the Lord. Oh, yes. He's Jehovah, not only Rohi, he's Jehovah Shema. He's Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. And further, he's Jehovah Titskanu. Yes, he is called K. There's no God like my God. He's called the King of Glory. Now, if you want to study Psalm 22, you find out the crucifixion of our Lord, that uh, his hands and his feet were pierced. But yet we come to Psalm 23, he's the resurrected Lord. And come to Psalm 24, and he is the ascended Lord. Listen to the words of the psalmist. Lift up your gates, O your heads, for the King of glory is coming in. After he conquered death, hell, sin, and the grave, up from the grave he arose. And as he ascended on high, after 40 days, promising he'd pour out his spirit on the 50th day to that hungry church. Recorded in the Acts chapter 2, Jesus ascended into glory. Yes, praise his holy name. He's the king of glory. He's El, no God like my God. He's called the Lamb of God. Remember what John introduced him as? John 1.29, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. There's no God like my God. By the way, 
Revelation 13, 8 says Jesus Christ was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. God didn't have to go back to the drawing board when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden. No, rather he had prepared a sacrifice for us. I'm telling you, there's no God like our God. Yes, praise his holy name. And then, uh, not only that, uh, but uh, praise the Lord, him. He's the mediator between God and man. Paul wrote First Peter, I'm sorry, First Timothy, chapter 2, verse 5. There's one mediator between God and man, the man, Jesus Christ. I don't have to go through a priest. I don't have to go through a pope. I don't have to go through a preacher. Thank God I can go straight to God's throne of grace. Somebody ought to shout. Somebody ought to thank God that we don't have to uh, approach the throne of God through another vehicle. We can go boldly to the throne of grace. I'm telling you, there's no God like my God, like our God. Oh, bless his name. In, he makes us a new creature. Paul said, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. You know what God does when you really get born again? He changes our want-tos. Can somebody say amen? I don't want to do the same things I used to do. God's put a different love in the heart for him, his word. I'm not perfect, no. I'm not what I ought to be, but I thank God I'm not what he used to be. And God has made me a new creature in him. I'm forever debted to my God. How great is my God. He is worthy of praise. He's worthy of worship. He's worthy of everything we have. Yes, there's no God like our God. Oh, he's the only begotten of the Father. John 3, 16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Do you know what that word only is? It's the word monogonais, only one of a kind. Yes, uh, P, there's no God like my God, praise. Can I ask you a question? Has the devil robbed you of your praise? You know what robs us of our praise and joy? Circumstances. Philippians 1.12 says, Paul in prison, chained to Praetorian guard, said, I want you to know the things that happened to me have happened rather for the further of the gospel. Wow, circumstances. People can rob us of our joy, our, our, our peace. That's what he said in chapter 2. Chapter 3, things, things, things. Nothing wrong with having things. The problem is when things have us. Oh, bless the Lord. Worry can separate us and and make us lose our joy in the Lord. Speaking of praise, I had a guinea pig years ago. I love that guinea pig. I was growing up as a boy. I was probably 10 years old at the time. This is back in the 70s, keep in mind. And that guinea pig sung all the time. It whistled, whistled, whistled like it was happy. Are you happy? What's it going to make to make you happy? Oh, if the economy just come together and if I just get my job, things go back to normal. Really? Is that going to make you happy? Solomon wrote about that. Happiness comes in the Lord. This old guinea pig would whistle, whistle. One day I had to clean out his cage, but I decided I'd take a shortcut. So I got my vacuum cleaner. By the way, in those days, it wasn't these little cheap jobs where you could pick it up with one finger. Man, it weighed about 75 pounds, it felt like. Anybody know what I'm talking about? The toggle bolt on it, you just about had to use a hammer to turn the thing on. At least it seemed that way when, way back then. And, buddy, that thing crank up, whoom, sounded like a diesel engine. Well, I was sucking out that guinea pig's cage, and he was in the cage. I didn't take him out. I got a little too close to him. He sucked up right against that vacuum cleaner. His eyeballs poked out like this, and he was in shock. I said, oh, my soul, I done killed my guinea pig. I ran over there and knocked off the vacuum cleaner, and thank God I didn't kill him. But from that point on, he walked around like this, and he never whistled again. 
He lost his song. Maybe there's somebody you, you've lost your song. You need to get it back today. There's no God like my God. Tell the devil he's a liar. Tell Satan to get behind you in the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, and by the word of God. God says he inhabits the praise of his people. Yes, P, he's the praise of Israel. Yes, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 says, By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continuously. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks unto his name. Lord, teach me how to praise you. Oh, praise the Lord. But Q, he is the one that quickens us. Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus. He said, you are dead in trespass and sin. Where in time past you walked according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh and of the eyes, and were by nature children of wrath. Watch this. But God who is rich in mercy with his great love wherein he loved us even when we were dead in sin hath quickened us together with Christ. There's no God like our God. That word quickened there is a word means to make alive. Are you alive? There's far too many Christians that are dead, complacent, apathetic, lukewarm. Somebody said, well, I heard about a church that a man in the back row had a heart attack. Paramedics came in. They took out three rows before they found the right man. God help us. Many are called and a few are, many are called and few are chosen. Many are cold and a few are frozen. God help us. Somebody said the average Christian on Sunday morning, they go out of the church. If you pour chocolate on their head, they turn into an Eskimo pie. God help us. If ever was a time to be on fire for God, if ever was a time to get right with God, it's now. We can't put our trust in the arm of flesh. We can't depend on human machinery. I think God is up to getting us in a broken state where we'll be yielded and surrendered. Tell me, are you hearing the Lord calling you? There's no God like our God. Yes, his holy name are He's our Redeemer. I know that my Redeemer liveth. He shall stand on the earth in the latter days. And after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Guess who said that? Job. Yep, all the stuff that Job went through. You just think you got trouble. How about it? Seven sons, three daughters killed. How about it? Hell, boils from the top of his head down the sole of his body. How about it? Lost his sheep, his oxen, his servants. And... Uh, and, and my, he lost everything from riches to rags like that. And yet he says, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yes, he's redeemed us by his blood. Yes, he's the son of the living God. And he's called us to serve him. We're not to sit so sour. Rather, we're to serve the Lord. Tell me, are you serving the Lord? There's no God like our God. He bought us with his own blood. He bought us with the intent to let us go free. And he's leaving us here to glorify his name. Not for ourselves, but for him. Tell me, are you serving the Lord? Jesus said it this way. He said, no man takes my life. I have the power to lay it down and raise it up again. He said, I did not come to be served, but to, to serve and lay down my life a ransom for many. No God like my God. T, trust. You know where it's found? Listen to me. Listen. Trust in the Lord with half your heart. Nope. Trust in the Lord with three quarters of your heart. Nope. Trust in the Lord with 95% of your heart. Nope. Trust in the Lord with what? All of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He shall direct your path. Do you trust in the Lord? It reminded me when we were younger, our children were small. They couldn't swim. I was standing in the swimming pool one time. Water was over their head. They were deathly afraid. 
I said, come on to Daddy. Daddy won't drop you. No, Daddy, I can't swim. I'm standing in the water. They're standing on the, you know, on, on the edge. Come on. Trust Daddy. Well, finally they, finally they got up enough courage and away they went. You think Daddy dropped them? No. We can trust our Lord. I'm telling you, sometimes we just have to trust the Lord and launch out, as it were, in the arms of Jesus. Yes, you, he's the unchangeable friend. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. That's Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. He's the undefiled Son of God, 2 Corinthians 5, 21. Yes, praise his holy name. You be, he causes us to live in victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thanks be to God, which gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I heard about a little boy playing baseball one day. He was out there in the field getting whooped, 17 to nothing. And he was saying, come on, man, come on, man. He's out in the field. He said, come on, boys, we can make it. Come on, man, come on, come on, man, come on, man. And a man in the stand says, son, what are you doing? Look at the scoreboard. Y'all are getting beat 17 to nothing. Little boy looked at him and said, yes, sir, but we hadn't even gone into bat yet. I want to tell you, there's no God like my God. He hadn't gone to bat. One day God's going to rise, and the devil's going to be thrown into the lake of fire, and the false prophet and the beast going to be thrown, the false prophet and the religious world ruler, and the devil is going to be cast in the lake of fire. I'm telling you, holy God wins the battle. Yes, there's no God like my God. He's the word of the Lamb. He's the ex-bearer. Of our sin, First Peter three seventeen. He the just died for us, the unjust, that he might bring us back to God. You know I'm getting to the end, don't you? Why? He renews our strength like the youth. Oh, Isaiah forty thirty one. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength, mount up with wings as eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not faint. Are you being renewed these days? I need God to renew me. Will you stop and ask God to renew you? Yes, why? Z, he's a zealer, a fulfiller of all righteousness. That's what he said in the book of uh, Titus chapter 2. He said, looking for that blessed hope, in chapter 2, verse 13, that glorious appearing of our great God and Savior who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us from all of our iniquities and purify unto himself a peculiar people. Zealous, 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 zealous. That word zealous means on fire. Zealous, that means burning. God, send a revival in our soul. God, shake us up to break away and be bold to share the good news. Jesus lives. Well, there's no God like my God. I'm closing with this. My time's gone. You heard about the story of the little boy, 12 years old. He was in a terrible car accident, and it severed his left arm from his body. Imagine, 12-year-old with one arm. He said, my world's gone. I'll never be able to do anything. And all of a sudden, once his arm seemingly repaired a little bit, he said, I know what I'll do. I'll take judo. And so he got the master judo instructor Day after day after day after week after week after month after month, he practiced one move, one move. He practiced one move. Finally, months after he started, the master instructor said, you're ready to compete. The little boy with one arm, he started competing, and he pinned the first boy in just 15 seconds. Second boy, 30 seconds. Third boy, in a minute, he was winning left and right. He didn't lose a match. In fact, he was the national champion. Then came time for him to go up against the world champion. 
He was bigger. He was stronger. He was more experienced. And the coach was concerned that his young champion would be hurt. There they went for the world championship. The little boy and the big boy, it was tight, going back and forth, back and forth. Finally, one minute left in the match, and the little boy pinned him. The little boy with one arm was the world champion. When they went going home, the little boy read with his, rolled with his coach, and he said, Coach, I don't understand it. I just got one arm, and you just taught me one move. The coach looked at him and said, Son, that's the best move in all of judo. And he said, by the way, there's only one way to counter that move is to grab the person's left arm. I hear somebody saying, oh, all that we've gone through, I've lost my 401k, I've lost this. God's saying, hey, there's no God like our God right now. Maybe you just tuned in out of curiosity, but God is showing you, you need the God of the Bible. Maybe there's some that are scourged down. Will you return to the Lord? He said that he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Maybe you need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Will you do what God tells you to do now? Call upon the Lord to save you. Turn from your sin. Turn to Jesus. He'll forgive your sin if you put your faith and trust in his shed blood alone. I want to pray for our country. I want to pray for those listening right now. God, we're birth in our heart. There's no God like our God. And Father, we come now and just say, what a great God you are. You've been good to me. You've been good to us. You tell us the goodness of God leads to repentance. Lord, I'm sorry for the ways I've taken you for granted. I'm sorry, Lord for taking my eyes off of you at times and I thank you for your great love your cleansing power I'm asking now for your very presence to be extended and released all throughout this land and yea to the uttermost parts of the world to see your glory to experience your mighty power and that lives will be forever transformed and changed cause there's no God like you our God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless. See you next time. No God like our God.